when I tell the story about what Far East Broadcasting does, how many people they reach, and the outcome of their ministry in the world in terms of responses. To a person, everyone has said to me, wow, I can't believe I've never heard of them before. This is First Person. Hello and welcome to this week's conversation. I'm Wayne Shepherd. My guest, whom you'll hear today, is a very good and personal friend who is now the president of Far East Broadcasting Company. You'll meet Ed Cannon on today's broadcast, and we'll get started talking with Ed in just a moment. I'm really glad you're with us for today's interview, but did you know that all of our past first-person interviews are available to you online at firstpersoninterview.com? There you'll find an archive of dozens of personal portraits of people whom the Lord is using in some unique way to build His kingdom. You can also download the interviews to your MP3 device through iTunes and take them with you on the go. So check us out online at firstpersoninterview.com. Well, since my earliest days in radio, I've admired the ministry of Far East Broadcasting Company. We'll touch on the history of this great organization today, but I want you to meet its new president. After a successful career in a global oil company, Ed switched to ministry and served Christ for several years at the Moody Bible Institute. Now he's been called back to an international ministry and I asked him how it was that he ended up at Far East Broadcasting Company. Well, it's interesting, Wayne. I think one of the first things that led me here was a phone call that I got from a really good friend of mine, Wayne Peterson. <laughs> he called me up out of the clear blue one day, and he said, Hey, Ed, you know anything about Far East Broadcasting? I I really think that this might be an opportunity for you to, uh, to explore with an international gospel-based broadcasting organization. That, and Wayne uh, is president of HCJB yes, uh, Global, and right. so he is also works uh, around the world in, in much the same capacity. Exactly, and Wayne and I are very good friends. We got to know each other at our, at our years serving at the Moody Broadcasting Network together, and uh, so I really value his opinion, and I, I went and explored a little bit, and still hadn't gotten a tremendous interest, and then... Um, Later the same day, I got a phone call from uh, uh, Tommy Thomas, a, a headhunter who works for a really good organization who I had hired when I was at Moody a couple of times, and we had used him, and I had developed a good working relationship with him. And uh, he said, hey, Ed, uh, you know, I'm working on this contract with Far East Broadcasting Company. I would really love to consider you as one of the candidates for this position. So FEBC wasn't on your radar, so to speak. Oh, not at all. Hmm. No, not at all. But there must have been something about it, though, that caused you to say, well, yeah, I, I think I would be interested well, in that. Because it's so on, different than than your earlier career. Yeah. What was on my radar screen, Wayne, though, was this international outreach, the international ministry. I'd become very good friends at my time with at Moody Bible Institute with George Verwer, who started OM some 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, George had in, had interested me in reaching out beyond the boundary of the United States. And actually, we had tried to do that to a certain extent when I was working at Moody, but you're s- somewhat limited. And, and George had involved me a little bit with some of the meetings that he had with his uh, country directors. And when you hear stories from people who are serving on the ground in places like Pakistan and India, uh, you can't help but feel the draw because the need is so great. Mm. I want to talk to you about your life before FEBC and even before Moody. Mm. Uh, there was a whole long career there that we need to talk about and how the Lord led you. But uh, tell me a little bit more about FEBC and what it does around the world. Founded by Bob Bowman and others yeah, there were 60 years ago. 67 years ago, yeah. Bob Bowman and John Broger were the founders. 
their original vision was to use shortwave radio primarily to reach unbelievers and the unreached in the country of China. Uh, and this started before the Chinese Civil War, mm-hmm. which resulted in all of the missionaries and um, evangelists being thrown out of the country. Yeah, this was between the end of World War II and the start of the Chinese Revolution in 49. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. FEBC's first roots in China were 1947, and they established a very good presence in the Philippines where they're broadcasting into China, shortwave radio. From that point, it's expanded to broadcast not just to China, but into the Philippines, building radio stations in the Philippines, into Korea, into Indonesia, into Southeast Asia, Cambodia, Thailand, and beyond. And and it's all about media. The vision Bob Bowman had cast when he first started the company was to take Christ to the Orient by radio. He expanded it shortly after to say Christ to the world by radio. And that has been the vision and the mission of FEBC since those days. Now, the techniques, of course, with which FEBC are using today are far different yeah. than they were in Still Boston. radio, but it's much more. It's yeah. primarily yeah. radio. It's, it's content. And, you know, as we used to say together, Moody, Wayne, content is king. <laughs> and I've added to that content is king as long as the king is in the content. <laughs> and that's been – that's great. The mantra of FEBC for years. And we're using different techniques. It's not just shortwave. It's AM and FM radio. Now it's the internet. It's social media. It's cell phone apps. It's even delivering the gospel on micro SD cards that are used in speaker boxes. And some of the innovative ways that the people here at FEBC are proclaiming the gospel all around the world just blow my mind. How many places? Well, it's constantly evolving, but the line that I like to use is we're in 110 languages in 50 countries, but there's only one message. Amen. I want to come back and go a little deeper on what God is doing through FEBC, Ed, but I want to talk about you. Uh, We first met at Moody, as you've already said. Uh, You were the executive vice president at Moody, and I was on the radio staff for many years, so we had a chance to work together. But you coming to Moody was, I mean, it was a bit of of a surprise, I want to say, because you had a successful career going in the oil business. I did, and uh, as a matter of fact, I was at work for British Petroleum on a Friday in Amsterdam and got on an airplane Friday night and flew back to the United States, went to church with my wife on Sunday and showed up to work on Moody Bible Institute on Monday morning. (laughs) Quite a shift. That's a transition, yeah. (laughs) That was a real transition, yeah. And, uh, you know, essentially I had been, as I was working for British Petroleum, I'd been there almost 25 years and I loved my career and it was really challenging and really exciting. And It took you all over the world. It did, yeah. Originally, I started with the Standard Oil of Indiana, which became Amoco, and Amoco was merged into British Petroleum, I believe it was about 1997. And so I was working for a small domestic oil company. Well, small. It was large, but (laughs) it was a domestic oil company. And it integrated into British Petroleum, which was very international, changed my life overnight. Hmm. And instead of showing up to work at at the office in a refinery, I showed up in an airport and Hmm. spent the rest of my life time uh, investigating refinery operations all over the world. So you were trained as a chemical engineer. Yeah, right. And I'd worked in refineries for Amoco for a number of years, so, you know, hard hat. and. But then into management. Yeah, they sent me to, a, to an MBA program, uh, executive MBA program. So, so how long in that uh, line of work? 
Yeah, 24 years, nine months, 12 days. And then God stepped in and said, I, I want you to make this transition, and you're going you're gonna to go to a place called Moody Bible Institute. Yeah, well, actually, you know, I'll backtrack just a little bit. When my wife and I first moved to Chicago, we had just gotten married. I started with Standard Oil, and she was in medical school on the uh, campus of University of Illinois, Chicago. We started listening to Christian radio, and I was a fairly new believer, and she really wasn't a believer. But we, we found by accident Moody Broadcasting, WMBI in Chicago, which soon became my favorite radio station, <laughs> probably still is. Uh, and I was being fed by the preaching and teaching of God's Word on Moody Radio. And sort of unbeknownst to me, my wife transitioned from a very spiritual, very religious person to a true believer in Jesus Christ because of the truth that she heard on Moody Radio. Mm. So as a result of that, once the lights came on in our mind, we realized what a treasure Christian broadcasting was, what a treasure Moody Broadcasting Network was to us. And we became donors. We got invited to a little event with Joe Stoll. And, um, you know, I loved Joe's radio program. As a matter of fact, the co-host was a guy <laughs> named Wayne Shepard, I think, wasn't it? I remember those days, yeah. And it spoke to our lives. So we were committed to the organization that was responsible for really teaching us the gospel. We got invited to an event with um, a number of the donors to Moody, and there was a number of board members there. And to make a really long story short, some of the board members said to me, hey, Ed, what do you think about the way we've asked for money? To which I said, well, from a businessman's perspective, you really haven't given us enough details about how you're going to pull this off. I love the idea. I love Joe's passion. But I want a really succinct business plan. And they sort of said, would you be interested in helping us with that? And, of course, here's the organization responsible for my wife's Pretty radical thought, though, for you to make that transition from that career into a full-time Christian ministry. Yeah. And, you know, I I really felt, though, that the pull on my heart was Mm -hmm. that – if Jesus knocks on your door, yeah. you know, you don't say no. You don't say, let me go bury my father first and right. I'll come back later. You I've have to that respond. Story, yeah. mm-hmm. First time we met was in the boardroom at Moody when I sat down <laughs> next to you on the, at the side. You know, we, yes. we were both there for different reasons. And I said, who are you? And it became evident that you were there to, uh, to be interviewed for the job at Moody. I remember saying, well, I know who you are. I've never seen you before, but I know your voice. That's so, always a shock when you see the, but, the voice. Huh? I remember that that meeting very, very well. You were uh, in the boardroom to share with the board some of the material you had presented for the September 11th yeah. on-the-spot broadcast. Yeah, we were on the, the radio all day and more, sure. And some of the material you had played that day for the board – uh, was so moving. I recall sitting there with a lump the size of a golf ball in my throat and tears kind of streaming down my cheeks, at which point the board said, okay, Ed, would you step up here? We have a few questions to ask you. So it was kind of a difficult spot. Tough act to follow, huh? Exactly. Right. Thanks a lot, Wayne. <laughs> we'll continue talking with Ed Cannon, the president of Far East Broadcasting Company, coming up today on First Person. Next week, the story of two men whose lives were changed forever after visiting India. We believe this is the message of Matthew 25, that Jesus says, if you will leave your comfort zone and go to where people are hurting and you bring my love in that context, Jesus promises that I will meet you there. That's Ken Kemp, and along with his pastor, Matthew Cork, they'll tell about the plight of the untouchables in India. That's next time on First Person. 
My guest on First Person today is my friend Ed Cannon. Ed is president of Far East Broadcasting Company. Full disclosure, I serve on the board of Far East Broadcasting and took that position on the board just prior to God leading you to uh, submit an application for the presidency, and I was delighted when that happened, Ed. What an interesting story. It's a long story. We can't take time to tell here, (laughs) but (laughs) it goes back, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's thrilling to see how God leads. And uh, you said that you came to Christ before your wife, Mary Jean, did. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, You two have moved to California now, which is another whole chapter in your life. But take me back to that decision when you came to Christ. What was going on in your life, and, and what was the catalyst? Well, you know, I always thought as a young boy, I was a believer. And if you would have asked me when I was a junior in high school, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? I would have told you with absolute certainty that I was. We went to a church. We never missed church on Sunday. I was involved in the youth group at the church. I went to Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts in the basement of the church. My mother served coffee after church every Sunday. So we were sort of a model church-going. cultural Christian. Cultural Christian. And I read my Bible every night. I even had a picture of Jesus on my nightstand. Really? But he didn't know me. Mm. I knew him because I was reading the stories and checking the box that, yeah, I'm a good little boy and I'm doing all this. And it wasn't, Wayne, until I went to college as a freshman and found a little church that was close to the dorm that I lived in to attend that I was introduced to the real gospel of Jesus. Mm. And there was a wonderful man, Milo Kaufman was his name. He was an English professor at University of Illinois, and he invited me to a Bible study. I didn't really want to go, but I was a polite young man, and so I said, of course, I'd love to join you. (laughs) And so I went, and it was in that Bible study for the first time that someone revealed to me the real truth of what Jesus is asking us to do with our lives. And he said, after about three months that I'd been in, the, in that Bible study, he said, if you've never had an experience where you absolutely confessed in front of other people that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, in other words, he's driving the car that you're riding in. Hmm. You're not just driving the car with Jesus in the back seat. Mm, he's not the co-pilot. He's not the co-pilot. He's the pilot of your life. And it just it dawned on me that I was bringing Jesus with me where I wanted to go. But I wasn't at that point in my life allowing him to take me where he wanted me to go. Mm-hmm. And so it it just flashed before my eyes that I'd been missing it all these years. And I sort of stood up and, and declared it. And I remember the moment very, very plain. Um, yet it really, after that point, it took me a long time to understand the gospel from the perspective that I had studied it. I was really seeking after the truth. I was listening. I was learning from other people who knew more about the Bible than I did. And those sorts of things really happened in my life when I started listening to Moody Radio. Yeah, you must be able to look back and see uh, God's hand tracing that path for you, though, and, and, and seeing how it all fits together now. We all look back and see that, don't we? Yeah, I do. And I see that he really had to work hard to get me to follow him. <laughs> there were a lot of circumstances in my life where it's like, you know, you run into this wall, you run into this guidepost. And, but yet, you're right. I, I sense that the Lord has been very, very kind and patient with me to direct me along the right path. Coming to Far East Broadcasting Company, Let, let's talk more about Far East. Uh, this is an exciting ministry, as we said earlier, started many, many years mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew about Far East Broadcasting Company, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S. But I think its ministry, although it hasn't diminished overseas at all, yeah. its, its, its uh, visibility in North America, I think, has decreased just a little bit. 
And that's, that's what we want to do, isn't it? We want to bring it back. Yeah, you know, when I first started investigating this position in uh, Far East Broadcasting Company, I talked to a number of the people that I know and have known for years who have been around Christian ministry a long time. Don Cole was one. Marvin Beckman was another one. Mm-hmm. And they both told me and many other people the same thing. Oh, wow, in the 80s and the 70s, Far East Broadcasting, yeah. everybody knew him. Bob Bowman, it was a revered organization. Everyone respected what they had done, what they were doing, the difference that they were making on the world. The name Billy Kim is associated with the organization, and it was just a very visible, very dynamic Christian ministry. And really what I have discovered in my process of coming here and serving with Far East is that the difference between those days and now in terms of what people are doing internationally is that we're growing. Yeah. The expanse of what Far East Broadcasting Company is doing around the world is expanding rapidly. It's still a cutting-edge ministry, just as it was back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Exactly. We're right on the cutting edge of a number of technologies. And the opportunity of Far East to reach people in the world, Wayne, it's half the population of the globe. Hmm. We have the potential through the broadcasts and, and media that we have to reach half the population of the world. And actually, if you include the internet, some people yeah. claim they're global by being on the internet. That's well, right. if you're on the internet, you're not necessarily global, but it's you the really are. Most powerful transmitter. And so, you know, FEBC had just they had continued to focus on doing the ministry, and all the focus was rightly on doing the ministry. But unfortunately, when you do that, sometimes the visibility of an yeah. organization just falls apart. The story has to be told here at home. Yeah, and since I've started. As I talk to my friends, the people here in the U.S., and they say, what in the world are you doing now? What is this Far East Broadcasting Company? When I tell the story about what Far East Broadcasting does, how many people they reach, and the outcome of their ministry in the world in terms of responses, to a person, everyone has said to me, wow, I can't believe I've never heard of them before. Hmm. And so, yeah, Wayne, that is one of the things Hmm. we have to change. You have uh, been on the job, what, less than two years now, Yeah. Uh, but you've traveled so many places to see firsthand the ministry of FEBC. I've been on a couple of those trips with you, and they're very exciting, but think of just one situation and, and paint the picture for us of what God is doing in a, in a specific place with a specific part of FEBC, just as an mm-hmm. illustration of what God is doing. Well, since I've just been involved with a board meeting for our ministry in Cambodia, let me speak about Cambodia. We've had a, a radio presence in that country for... 20-plus years. I'm not exactly sure how long. But it's a wonderful country. I love the people of Cambodia. They've been through a very, very difficult time. Many of you have heard about the killing fields and the Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot. This is in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, where all this happened. And the nation is still suffering. When you go over there, you realize there's sort of an absence of men our age waned because the, the lion's share of them were yeah, killed yeah. during that revolt. And so it's a very difficult country. And Christian broadcasting is not outlawed by the government, so it's legal, but it's, of course, very difficult. There's a very small percentage of the population that are Christian there. But we've had the ability through the efforts of a lot of great people that have come before us to start a radio station and get a significant outreach in the country. Now, what those people in that station are willing to do with such insufficient equipment, it makes me want to work harder so that I can find ways to support them, so that I can find ways to help them become a much more significant ministry. We measure a lot of the stuff we do, Wayne, by the response we get from our audience, how many people write letters, and the responses we get from listeners in Cambodia. 
hard letters, mail letters, email letters, and most importantly, phone calls. Mm. They are willing to man the phones 24 hours a day at the station, and people are calling constantly. For counseling or? I heard your program today. I don't know anything about Jesus Christ. Can you please give me some more information? Mm. They get people calling up in the middle of the night saying, I'm so desperate. I was thinking about suicide. I've decided by listening to your radio program to call and ask somebody about finding faith in Christ. Can you help me with this? And the people are so dedicated, they don't want to miss a phone call. They're up all night on the telephone so that they can avoid having a missed call. I mean, mm. these are the kind of things that people it's do. It's dedication. Yeah. 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 Well, there are challenges, I'm sure. I know there are challenges to what you're doing in ministry, Ed. But uh, again, you just have to look back on it all and mm. give thanks to God that he's placed you where he has. And it's an honor to be in his service, isn't it? I think about the ministry of FEBC, and I think about the number of people that we hear from who have been touched by the ministry across the world. Last year, we received a million and a half letters from people. I read those letters, and these people tell us, I have nothing in life. My family's abandoned me, or my family are all dead. I don't have a home, but I have this radio, and this is my true blessing. And every single day when I'm sitting there working hard and not understanding where we're going to get our next dollar or what decision we should make, I simply turn to those kind of letters and say, okay, I'm willing to work a little bit harder today, do a little bit more because these people that have nothing really need that service. You and I visited a home, a very humble home in Vietnam in the Mekong Delta. Remember the widow who held up her little speaker box where she listens to FEBC and she said, this and God's word are my treasure. She lived in a home on a delta, which was full of mosquitoes. There yeah. were no windows. She or was no raising screens. a neighbor girl because no one else would do it. And they were drinking the water out of the river that we sort of yeah. disdained the odor of. Yeah, pretty muddy. And remember how far she said she went to get the gospel on the SD chip? No. 30 miles. Really? I don't think I knew that part of the story. She Well, from where we were... She had to go to the church that we came from okay. in order to get updates on her SD chip. Oh, she walked half the way oh and took goodness. a motorcycle the other half of the way, and she does that once a week. She also has to borrow electric power from her next-door neighbor because she doesn't have power in her home to charge the battery on yeah, her box. I remember that part. Wow. We take it for granted. We do, don't we? And I often think about that lady, and she served us a cold drink when we showed she up in, very hospitable. in her little home. Yeah. You know what, Wayne? We have those experiences everywhere. Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, India, all through China. I could go on and on and on, but uh, it's an absolute privilege to serve in an organization filled with so many servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our first person guest today has been Ed Cannon, a man who has a real passion to reach the unreached of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will, of course, put more information about Far East Broadcasting Company and its ministries on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. I hope you'll take the time to explore what God is doing through a group of dedicated servants, not just in places like Cambodia and Vietnam, Korea and China, but also in many other countries like India, Indonesia and the former Soviet Union. And if you'd like to listen to today's program again or even pass the link along to someone else as suggested listening, it's available both at firstpersoninterview.com and on iTunes. And of course, your comments are always welcome on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Again, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Now with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time 
for first person. 